Welcome to the Business Minds Podcast, your destination for insightful interviews with founders, creators, and business leaders. Learn how to use your talent to form ideas that can shape an industry, bring about positive change, or simply enable you to do something you're passionate about. Want to start your own journey? Listen to the Business Minds Podcast on SoundCloud and get the inspiration and motivation you need to succeed. I'm happy to introduce my first ever guest to this very new, not even quite finished podcast yet. His name is Philip Chowen. He grew up in the United States and studied business in both Cleveland and Florida and has worked and lived in Indonesia, Hong Kong, India, and now Romania. He's the founder and CEO of medical consultation and healthcare company Telios and the director of the Caregivers Education Initiative. He's also the ambassador in Romania for the Purple Angel Dementia Organization and is a certified dementia caregiver. Um, to summarize, very extraordinary human being, an absolute delight to talk to, and I'm very happy to welcome him as my very first guest to the podcast. Please welcome Mr. Philip Chauvin. Welcome. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate this. And wow, this is your really your very first one? It's my very first one. It's an honor for me also then. It Thank was you. anyhow, but this makes it even more special. That's I'm glad to hear this. For me. Okay. No, I, I was uh, not expecting you to agree so quickly. Because when I uh, thought about doing this, I was a little bit, uh, okay, I w wanted to ask you. And then I thought, okay, I have to give this whole 10-minute pitch maybe. And then he will ask me all these questions. And then I just came up to you and you said, sure, I'm doing it. I'm glad. <laughs> so instead of a 10-minute pitch, it was 30 seconds. It was a 30-second pitch. Okay, good. No, good. but uh, so happy that uh, you agreed to do this. And when I had the idea for this podcast, I wanted to do something where I can motivate, inspire freelancers, uh, people that want to start their own project, own business maybe. Just share some stories about, you know, talking to founders and, and uh, business people about their journey, what they have accomplished, and also the challenges, the things they've experienced, and maybe give them an idea of what's happening when you do try to do it on your own, do something for your own. And that is not always easy, but it can be very rewarding. And yeah, just to give them also advice, some tools to go out there and do, do their own thing. So this is why I want to talk to founders, freelancers, people that created their own path, so to say, and just uh, yeah, share your story and hopefully inspire some people out there to do it themselves as well. So thanks again for doing this. And maybe you can give a little bit of uh, introduction background to yourself. How did it start? What's the beginning? Where did you grow up? All of these things. Okay. Wow. Difficult questions to answer. Oh, no, okay. not really. Actually, pretty simple. <laughs> I'm starting easy. Okay. okay. Starting You're easy. starting easy, and it's going to get more difficult. All right. Yes. You wanted, this, can you wanted this candid, so that's how it's going to be anyhow, correct? Of course. Okay. Of course. I was born in the States, um, 1950, actually, so I'm probably the oldest guest that you're going to have for at least a while. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, who knows? That's true. All right. I'm um, Romanian by heritage. All my grandparents were born here. Um, immigrated to the States around the 1900 era, all from different parts of the country. My parents were born in, in the States. 
And I was one of three boys. So older brothers? Two older brothers. Okay. I'm the youngest one. All right. Uh, I'm the only one that ever came back. To Romania. To Romania. I'm the only one since my grandparents immigrated that ever came back, including my parents or uncles or aunts or anybody right. at that time. Everything. So um said, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I was a middle-class kid. But the difference in my upbringing was that my father was in his own business that my granddad actually began. Okay, what, what kind of business? And it was a janitorial company. Okay. And was it Cleveland area? So, Cleveland area, Cuyahoga County area, surrounding area. Mm -hmm. So actually, I started working with him when I was 10. Okay, so, wow. Uh, when you were 10? During my weekends, not being in school, he'd wake me up six o'clock in the morning, come on, let's go out, and we'd have a restaurant to clean or a kitchen to clean or a house to change the screens and the storms on. Back then, there didn't exist thermal panes with screens or anything. Yeah. It was things you had to change and everything. Right. You being from Germany, I figure you probably know a lot of these things too. Well, right. maybe... So. <laughs> Not okay. not that much, but a little bit at least, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, so I started to work for him at the age of 10, so the work ethic was kind of instilled in, in me right. when I was relatively young. Crazy, though. And, yeah, 10, uh, 10 years. No, that was, how, that, that was how we got our school lunch money, everything. was. We had to work for it. Would you think this is possible today, like having 10-year-olds work, in, even if it's a, you know... In a, family business? In, a, in a family business, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think if you have a 10-year-old working outside, somebody would probably say you're trying to exploit them or yeah. any of the, those things. But if it's a family business, you learn that uh, if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. And I think that's a lot of uh, people that, that grow up in like you know families that own a business probably learn at a young age, like you said. But I'm wondering if this the same thing would apply to... I mean, me being from Germany, I'm thinking, could we do this kind of thing? Or is this even happening that people put their kids to work like at 10 years old? Or if it's illegal still, even if it's a business. <laughs> business. Oh, But I, I mean, I don't, who cares? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think if you put somebody on a payroll, yes. Yeah, okay, it might exactly. be. But, but yeah. if, you're, if you're working for your dad, you're going out, and, or you're working for your uncle or your aunts or in a family right. business, all right, we grew up like that, all right? And uh, my father, my uncles, my granddad, they all had their own type of businesses back then. So the, the work ethic... Being a middle-class kid in, in the States especially in the 1950s was if you learned the work. If you wanted a bicycle, if you wanted uh, lunch money, if you wanted to do this, you learned to work. So along with this, I had a paper route. I delivered papers on and uh, made a little bit, bit of money from that and everything. So, no, it was, it was actually it was a cool childhood. Okay, I look okay, I was back gonna at ask it. This. Yeah, how was that for you to kind of just uh, start working early? Was that? Uh... It wasn't really anything different because it wasn't anything that was out of the ordinary back then. Okay, because even at home we had chores: wash our own dishes, cut the lawn, clean up, 
whatever. Just we, help around the house. Just help basically. around the house, okay? That was part of what we were told what to do. I right. mean, our parents were our parents were good parents. My parents were terrific parents and that, but they taught us young that if you want something in life, you work for it. Okay, it's that's good it's, lesson to learn early on. Lesson to learn. My grandfather was one of the biggest influences in my life. My grandfather um, on my dad's side started the uh, janitorial company and while my father was growing up owned a number of restaurants and small bars and things and actually owned the first professional baseball team in Cleveland. Wow, which is the right. is it the Indians? No. no, 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 no. It was called the Chobin Bills actually. Chobin Bills. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say the Indians. <laughs> okay. Wow, that would have been and, crazy. And it, it was well before that time wow. and everything, okay. but uh, <laughs> But we still have pictures of him and the team and everything. That's awesome. And he was a guy two meters tall, huge. And yeah. he, was, he was a character. I loved him a lot. And he's the one that geared me towards toward, uh, you can do what you want in your life. Right. And move forward and um, don't look back. I was an average kid. Average in school, average in grades. I went to public school, had no intention on even going to university when I was okay. done with school. So what did you want to do like when, when you went to school? In high school, I really didn't know. Mm. In fact, I still don't really know what I want to do. <laughs> okay. You're still no. trying to figure this <laughs> okay. out. I'm still trying to figure it out, okay? okay, what I really want to do. No, but it's been a fun ride. Yeah. Right, with this. No, I really didn't know when I got out of high school, I had no plans on going to uh, university. And I got a job with my first job out of high school was actually with the electric utility company. Mm -hmm. All right. And I was uh, I was in kind of an electrician, but I, I was in the metering area, the meters that are on homes and everything. Right. We did the ones on homes and industrial and everything. So I learned how to how to test those systems out and everything. And actually, I found out that, wow, I guess I'm not so stupid for one thing, because it was one of the highest jobs within the company back then. All right, and uh, this was at the height of the Vietnam War also. Yeah. So rather than face the draft, I joined the Navy. You did? Okay. And uh, they sent me to communication school. Which is, com com it's, it's about... It, it was called communications okay. training, but it encompassed a lot more things than right. that. Anyhow, I turned out to be number one in my class. Wow which was like a awesome. huge surprise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I really mean a huge surprise. <laughs> you didn't you didn't anticipate okay. this. You, no, you... no, no, it was like a huge surprise. Yeah. Okay. I was number one in the class. Being number one had its privileges and everything and but beyond that, that's what told me when I got done with the military, that's what kind of drove me and said, "Hmm, maybe I should go to university." Okay, so that motivated you to, to take that step and actually go to Motivated university. me to take the step, plus the company that I was working for and the military actually paid for school, too. Wow. And as you know, in the States, yeah. school is expensive. It's it is not, very expensive. It's not like it is here, and the kids, the students here are so lucky that if they qualify, and most of them do, they get a free ride. Yeah, it's the same in Germany as well. 
Okay. I think there's a couple hundred euros a semester you have to pay, depending on where you are. That's it. Okay. Yeah. See, it's, it's completely lucky. different there. All right. It's a different system, right? It's also, I mean, it's way more expensive. But also, I would argue the quality of teaching is higher as well. Would you say so, or would you say it's? You never went to college in in, in Romania or Germany or anything, but I really have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. I've sat in on some of the classes here, and just as in the states, you run across good right. and bad professors. It's yeah. true. Anywhere you go, I think teaching is a passion, and if you have it, you do a good job on it. And exactly. if you don't, you really don't care. And then so you can be in the best school ever, but if you yeah. have teachers that don't exactly, exactly, yeah, the passion exactly. and you don't really exactly get so, along with, yeah. So anyhow, I ended up working and uh, going to night school. So you went to college, but to night. So you I went to university. I worked during the day, and I went to school at night. So you continued to work at the company before, from before yes. as well. Yes. Okay. So in the metering business. Yes. Basically. Yes. Yes. So that kind of. I continued in that, and, that. and yeah. then I got done with school, and I started my first job, actually, as an accountant. Right out of uh, university. Right out of university. That was in Cleveland, okay. still. Or? That was Cleveland. Okay. Still. Okay. I started a job as an accountant with a, a company and specialized in, in uh, actually company taxes and met a guy, met a gentleman there that was an industrial engineer in plastics and uh, he was running a plastics plant and he enticed me into um, trying it out. <laughs> right. So he I quit my job and... <laughs> <laughs> How was that feeling? Was yeah. a little scared for you yeah. to do that? Yeah, I was a little oh. bit afraid, but nah, I really didn't care. Yeah, about okay. it. It you was kind just, of fun yeah. to do everything. So, uh, so that started me on my entrepreneurial journey. Let's call it like that. All so right. that's kind of the milestone. And that, for, that for was that the mind, yeah. That was the milestone that started me on the entrepreneurial journey and started me with thinking that why should I work for anybody if I'm going to make a mistake I'll make it myself and I'll pay for it. Right. Yeah. Okay. You, you'll be the one to blame. Yeah. Exactly. But was that that train of thought just happened, or you know, did you have like certain experiences that make you think, okay, maybe I could do this on my own, or looking at my father, looking right. looking at my granddad, looking at the people around me like that, that that had done it in the yeah. past and although my father worked hard very very hard it was also his time and when he wanted when he wanted to take time off he did and he was running his own show and I kind of like I like that idea it was nice it's great but it's not to be mistaken with from what I hear like when I tell people that I'm freelancing they think it's You know, I mean, yes, you are flexible with your time, but you still work for people or for your own business. So you still have to put in the work at any given time. So it's not quite, I feel, that lifestyle that's promoted mostly, I think. But um, I don't know how you think feel about it. I mean, you know, some people think it's freelancer means free time, basically. <laughs> no, freelancing, freelancing entrepreneuring, consulting. In fact, the, the big joke in, in the state still is when somebody asks you, eh, what do you do? And you say, I'm a consultant. And they say, oh, you don't have a job then. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, and it, it's it. probably the same thing as freelancer also. You can say, I'm a freelancer, and they'll say, oh, you don't have a job then. So That's, you're unemployed, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah, unemployed. But <laughs> yeah. no. It's another but, way of saying that, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that has changed throughout the years dramatically. Yeah. It's changed for your age group in particular now that it's not looked down on. When I was looking for a career, okay, mm. and you're seeing the same trend here now a little bit also. You're seeing the master's of business courses come up here. Yeah. Everybody's going. Everybody wants an MBA. Everybody, uh, a lot of people have PhDs, whatever those are worth now yeah, and, right. and things. Yeah. Okay. And it, I think that's like it was in, in the States 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. If you didn't have an MBA, you didn't advance yes. as quickly. There was right. a certain right. path. There was you a know, certain path to go. There and was a certain path, exactly. There and it's also, I think, path. I think maybe the, the the United States are a little bit ahead in that regard, um, even like to to Germany where I'm from, because I have to explain my parents to what I'm doing, and they don't really get it. Or when I told them that I'm doing this, they were a little skeptical, and why don't you, you know, work at this company and stuff like that? So, which is understandable. I mean, they don't, they just want to, you know, you to do well, but it's a different era. Exactly. Well, see, your parents, my parents, let's say, although my father was entrepreneurial, let's say, most of my friends and everything, their parents had regular jobs. Mm-hmm. And back then, you started with the company and you worked for them for, them for 40, 40 years, years yeah. and you took a pension and you died. Yeah, that was... <laughs> okay. That was... You know that that was basically it, and that's probably what your parents may have experienced. My, my dad experiences this exact thing. He's been um, what was it in English? Train train driver, train conductor. How you okay. say it? He has been doing that job for I think thirty five years, about, and he's never done. I mean, he's yeah, he's never worked anywhere else, basically. So, and he's gonna exactly do that. So he's gonna I don't know quit there in five years retire and then uh, that's it so he will be working there for 40 years over 40 years so exactly so anyhow thus started my entrepreneurial career okay the plastics company was the beginning then after i had experience in there i began uh, working with investment bankers well that's a job and well i i was syndicating real estate back okay. then it was uh, this was a thing to package real estate and sell it on to investors back right. then everything then i had an opportunity to go to uh, hong kong okay so then you that's that's basically what took me to hong kong was actually a real estate deal <laughs> so how was it so you got the deal to work for a real estate company for an investment company no i was a uh, i was an independent consultant advisor broker i had my licenses for stocks bonds for anything back then also so where did you when did you get those licenses i just i studied and besides going to university like after after after, uni- okay. after university after university so you got these licenses and then... So I took those and those were actually the courtesy of a company called uh, Dean Witter, which is now part of J.P. Morgan. They let me do everything freelance. How old were you back then? It was late 20s. Late 20s. Okay. 
late 20s back so, then yeah everything so then, then I said the early 80s I had a chance to go to Hong Kong and I took that and I kind of liked it there so how long uh, were you there in Hong Kong actually total from eight nine years in Hong Kong that's that's quite some time eight yeah. nine years there so Hong you Kong. speak so Mandarin. Cantonese Mandarin Mandarin so. I bet you still speak it a little bit. No, I, I've lost a lot of that. If yeah. you don't use it, you lose it. But I have a daughter that's half uh, Chinese that speaks it well, and I'm proud of her. And she's uh, she's a, a lot like her dad, so I'm very <laughs> difficult to put up with, and <laughs> and vice versa at times. <laughs> but, so is she no, is, no. is she here then? She's or in, in California. In California, okay. she lives in California. Yeah. So, okay. She's, I'd like, I'd like to see her come here eventually, but we'll see. It's her life. She's, yeah. She's 29, and it's her life now. Right. Whatever yeah. she, she wants to do. Whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Everything. So, anyhow, going to Hong Kong opened my eyes to a number of different things because Hong Kong was the trade center of the mm -hmm. world back then, and it was easy to actually start a business and everything. So uh, during the, that time, I tried a lot of different things. I made money, lost money, made money, lost <laughs> money. Okay. So it was like up and down. Okay, basically. up and down, Roller up and down. Center everything actually put one of the first chinese american joint ventures together in uh, rare earths so you partnered uh, with someone there partnered with a company in china we started the company in in the states and then i stepped out of it and uh eventually the company was sold to uh, a stateside company then and you were trading rare, rare earths? Rare earths. Yeah. Do you know? You have yeah. an idea? You know, you know yeah. what they are. Then. Yeah. Okay. We, we use them in these little devices. Exactly. Uh, they're, they're very important. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That was actually in the mid-80s. Mid-80s. Okay. Probably okay. quite some experiences that you get gathered over there, right? During this time. Yeah. I, yeah, I tra Actually, the rare earth, we were making furniture in uh, Taiwan back then. At also. the same time. At the same time, and we were selling that to um, American Express. So it's like import-export kind of yeah. business? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was tra trading, it's yeah. called. Yeah, okay. And what were some kind of like during this time, what was standing out there for you? Like some experiences you, you felt like, okay, this is really, you remember this still? I was a kid in my 30s, and it was just a thrill. Okay. Yeah. To be doing this, and it was fun. It was fun, and I got to travel and everything. So from Hong Kong, Indonesia, Kuala Lumpur, Indonesia, we manufactured um, latex gloves. In Indonesia, medical gloves. Yeah. So that by the there. time you had your business sold in Hong Kong already, and you moved over to Indonesia, or was that yeah, at the same time, basically? Same time, back and forth. Back and forth. Okay. <laughs> Quite some. What other ventures uh, you started? Back and forth. So spending time in Hong Kong, Indonesia, Kuala Lumpur, and then right after the Romanian Revolution, I came back here. Exactly. So you came here in early early 90s? 1990. 1990. And to explore your, your heritage? My, explore my heritage. Yeah. Exactly. So how was that for you, exploring your heritage? Actually, when I first got here, I didn't know what I was exploring because yeah. right after the revolution, things were chaotic. Change wasn't 
really coming. It was happening, but in a more abrupt form. Right. All right. And nowadays, change is happening, but it's happening slowly. Back then, changes were more abrupt. For instance, when I flew in, the runway was filled with with tanks and military guards and everything, wow. and so it was a different intimidating. I could it was imagine. a different experience. So was that in the Cluj area then? No, no, no. Or that was Bucharest. Bucharest. And uh, actually, the first business I had here in in Romania was uh, bringing in frozen chickens wow. from the states. How did that business come about, bringing in frozen chicken? People needed food. Yes, but then you took it upon yourself to kind of... You came up with the idea to do this, or did someone approach you? I don't even remember, actually. Somebody approached me on it and said food, said what? You know, America's known for huge chicken legs and... Barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken quarters and everything. (laughs) So I started to bring in containers of chicken and sold them here for it was an interesting time back then because you sold things for cash Romanian lei which wasn't convertible so you'd have to convert it on the uh, black market really wow and end up with lire sterling french francs swiss francs deutschmarks whatever you wow. you could end up up with and then leaving basically with with a suitcase of cash <laughs> but you so you you brought the cash to these these trading areas and you exchanged money then yeah. and then on the streets on the streets on the streets okay crazy so on the sounds streets. like crazy times but yeah and then i met some guys in bucharest that uh, we actually got together with and uh, i was part of their company which was in uh, medical services printing a lot a mm-hmm. lot of di- different things and that, that's where i met uh, actually my best friend adrian okay and he he's our doctor in telios oh okay also so okay. he's one of the and doctors that that uh, works at he's the chief He's the chief. He's okay. the chief. Okay. Him, him and I have been friends together for 27 years. Wow, that's quite that's quite some time. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's with me. So, anyhow, what happened then is is I was doing chickens and I got involved in some other things here, mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceuticals, things of that sort back back then. Then I met my wife in Cluj here and that was in 1997. Okay. So, so you've been so I, living here already then? I, for I, I was going back and forth between okay. the States and here. More time here, less time in the States right. because I had a daughter also. Even though I was divorced, I had a daughter also. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And so it was, it was more time here, time back, mm-hmm. back and forth. A lot of jet, a lot of jet planes back then. Yes, okay. I could imagine. Okay, okay. so a lot, a, quite some a traveling. Lot of that. So I, I met my wife here, and uh, I took her back to the states. She liked it. She didn't want to move back. So she, she enjoyed, she enjoyed it. In she state. wanted to visit her sister in New York City. Her okay. sister had escaped Romania in 1985 mm-hmm. before the revolution, and she wanted to visit. So I. Took her back with me. I got her. She couldn't get a visa. I got her a visa to go. And I took her back to the States. And after a couple months there, she said, I like it here. I would really like to stay. So I said, the only way you can stay is we get married. Getting married, yeah. Okay. So we were married. She went to nursing school there. 
in but also in Cleveland. back in Cleveland. Back yeah. in Cle Cleveland because I, I had a place there and everything yet. So and it it's where your roots were. Natural natural well, place right. to go back to. Exactly. Yeah. So we went back and um, she went to nursing school. Mm -hmm. But in two thousand five she began to have some memory difficulties. Took us a couple of years to diagnose that it was a genetic Alzheimer's form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by 2008, she didn't know who I was anymore. Okay. She lost English skills, and mm -hmm. every night she would have her bags packed by uh, the doors. And I would say, where are you going? And she she would say, mom's house, but okay. in, in Romania. In Romania. In right. Romania, and mom's house was here in Cluj, everything. So finally in 2009, we picked up and we came back and basically I took care of her until she passed away in 2015. Yeah, so, sorry to hear no, that. And, 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 yeah. But it was a full-time job and I have no regrets in, in doing that. So during that time, I was involved in um, in the states in funeral business and telemedicine and some other their things and knowing the difficult time that I had here to get her a doctor here. Yeah. Okay. Luckily, I had my friend that you knew from Adrian. Adrian. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You he still, helped me. Yeah. He helped me out a lot. All right. So he helped you yeah. basically navigating through navigate the system the here. System. Exactly. Yeah. Without him, it would have been impossible. So after she passed away, I figured, why not begin it here, and why not try and do something good for the people here? Because right. navigating the system here is a nightmare. What's the What's the main challenges here? Like when you say it's a nightmare, like what's the? For instance, well, let's take an example. Okay, let Let's take Telios out of the picture. You don't feel good. You're going to go to your family doctor, all right? Your family doctor is going to say, okay, you need to go see a neurologist. So you go to the neurologist next. Neurologist says, no, it's not me. You need to go to a ear, nose, throat. He sends you there. Ear, nose, throat said, no, it's not me. You need to go back to the neurologist. Okay. So you're basically okay. traveling from one so doctor. So you're traveling to from one doctor to the next and by the way, you have to you have to keep track of your own files, you have to keep track of your own records and everything because okay. there's no systems or anything to really track that back. So that's when we decided to try and I'm saying try to put a telemedicine company. And that's when you founded Telios. Together. And that's when I founded Telios. And that's how many years ago now? Well, the the founding of Telios was actually in 2017. Ah. All right, but we didn't become active until this year because of soft. We designed our own software, mm -hmm. everything. We we had opportunities to bring software from the states, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to to design everything custom for yes. the market here. Okay, but that. That means that you already started that in the states before. I was involved. I was involved in a company in in the states as right. a small stakeholder. Okay, so you had the possibility to gain some experience oh, there. Oh yeah, and, and 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 our whole management team actually comes from the states. Is is actually in the states. Okay, they have an office. You have an office there, and the yes. management team works yes. from the states. Yes, and here is where you do the operations basically yeah, operation and management and, and management. marketing everything too we have we have we have one uh, gentleman in in the states that that's an executive director mm -hmm. and he has uh, probably 20 plus years 
experience. Wow. And we have a and we have a, a sales marketing guy in in the states that, that was one of the companies, and it's more or less our sister company in the states. And he has twenty years experience. Wow. So, so we have the experience of. Um, the knowledge of mm-hmm. a market that's mature and how it got there. Right. So you're saying in the States, telemedicine is already very n- well known. It's a mature market. People know what it is. They use it frequently as well. Or how, how does it look like in the, in the States when it comes to telemedicine? Is used a lot by people? It's, it's used. Uh, it's a $30 billion dollar market now. Okay. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So because I don't know if um, in Europe in general, I, I don't know, but... Um, I could imagine it's still a new thing or quite a new thing. Eastern Eastern Europe, Eastern yes. Europe yes. Western Europe, no. Okay. okay. UK, no. UK right. has it as part of the um, national healthcare system mm-hmm. there. NHS has it as part of right. their package. Germany, you have it now also. Okay. Although on a, on a minor scale. But I was going to say, because I, I never really stumbled upon telemedicine before I met you here, actually, and then heard of Tilios. Because I could imagine it's kind of, um, I don't know, you maybe don't really know what to expect from it. and But on the same time, we use, we Google stuff all the time, right? How, you know, I feel like this, what what does it mean? And that's perfectly fine, right? We do this. Uh, no, 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 it's not fine. No, fine no, it's from... It's not fine because it says you're going to die tomorrow. No, exactly. <laughs> it's not fine from this uh, standpoint, but it's fine for us to do this, right? But I feel like when maybe when it's about telemedicine, maybe people have a little bit, uh, they don't really know what to think about it. Like, is it really helping me or, or anything, right? Telemedicine is not meant to have an immediate impact, all right? You're not going to know. What telemedicine does, it gives a person more peace of mind and more control over their lives that they can either pick up the phone, get on online, speak with somebody across the phone or video, mm-hmm. or get online and have a question responded to where they don't have to go out, sit in traffic, sit on a bus, sit on a tram, whatever, go right. to a clinic, sit there for an hour and wait, lose X times, especially if you have kids. Time is always valuable. Take, me to, like a, take me to like a, through a journey, okay? So how how would i use the service like when i have something i don't know i have some sort of a bruise or some sort of i don't know i don't know what it is okay let's take an example okay. you're sit, you're sitting here right now you're right. talking with me all right. right and all of a sudden you don't start to feel good right all right so instead of saying all right i'm going to have to cut this interview for today and lose your time his time my time let's say we can say right now we can say let's take a 10 minute break okay, okay. we take a 10 minute minute break you can pick up the phone you are a subscriber to us mm-hmm. you pick up the phone you call our nurse call center picks up identifies you as a customer okay they will go through a triage meaning triage means where does it hurt uh-huh how okay. much th- does it hurt how do you feel basic questions about you so it's like an exam basically you feel no no um, not an exam exam, but yeah how you feel okay where i have a fever i'm sweating Mm -hmm. my heart is pounding things of that sort and everything okay 
If she detects that it's a med- medical emergency, she will tell you, dial 112. She says, okay, we will have our doctor call you back in X minutes. Mm-hmm. Minutes. Right. We're talking minutes. Minutes. We're yeah. talking minutes, okay? Or if you're busy now, let's say you want to continue with what we're doing right. yeah. doing the, now. The you, you can tell her, all right, I want to set a time where the doctor calls me back. Mm-hmm. She'll say, okay, one hour okay? And you'll say, fine. The doctor will call you back either at the prescribed time or within X minutes of your initial call. Mm-hmm. He will ask you, questions. He will try and uh, give you a diagnosis across the phone. If he can do it, he will tell you, I think this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And he will tell you advice on what he thinks you should do. If he says, no, I cannot resolve this, he will tell you, do you have a clinic? If yes, please go. If no, we will help you find one. But with clinic, we're already talking about the specific doctor you have to see. We're not talking about going to the family doctor. We we may be talking about a family doctor, depending if you're covered by a private health plan or the state. There's a difference there, yeah. There's a difference there, okay. If you're only covered by the state, we can only send you to a family doctor, which should be yours because every family doctor has their own registry mm-hmm. and you can't basically go outside that, okay. Yeah. Private-wise, you can go anywhere you want. Right, but then the benefit there is you already have a record of things that has been kind of... So you take that you with you. You have a record of questions yeah. and everything. Also, exactly. If he can resolve it, he will across the phone. Mm-hmm. All right. And he'll recommend. I recommend you take this, 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 and this, and this. We can't prescribe any drugs across the phone. It's not legal here right. yet. In time, it will be. It will be possible. It will be. All right. So, and then in two or three days' time, our nurse call center will call you back mm-hmm. and say, how do you feel? Is everything resolved? If not, would you like to speak? again to a doctor Mm -hmm. if there's if everything is resolved how was your session how was the doctor how did he treat you are you satisfied would you rate the doctor please on a scale of one to five all right because every year at the end of the year we actually take a look at how our doctors perform and if our doctors don't perform well they're gone. Okay, so they have to constantly. We have rating scales. Well we have rating scales. Them. Exactly. How many doctors do you have at the moment? We have twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay, that's quite. So you have different specialties and different. Yes. yes. So depending on what you have, exactly. you get exactly. connected to the right doctor. Exactly. Basically. So that's the telephone portion of it. Then we have an online portion of it, which in the States is very, very popular. I could imagine, yeah. Online portion of it is this. If you don't have a pressing question, something you want answered now, you can go online and you can say, you can say I want to ask a question to a generalist, pediatrician, a number of specialists, including Psychiatry, psychology, dentist, ophthalmology. Okay, we, we have an, a number of specialties that you can actually type a question to. Dermatology, where you, where you can actually take a picture if you have one, okay. if you have a sore, take a picture, you upload it, and they will tell you what you feedback already. they think of it. You can upload blood tests. You can upload MRIs. You can upload documents that, that we can actually double-check on also. Okay. And see. But then, because that's actually a second opinion 
that we can give. And we have doctors here in Romania, we have doctors in Europe, and we have doctors in the States that work for some of the best Mm. clinics there. And uh, what the nice part about this is they are Romanian trained. They went to school here, so we don't okay. have to translate Great, yeah. a lot of the data. That's good. That's very we, important. We yeah. can send it directly there and we have a way of getting a response back. But like, so if I get, you know, if I talk to a doctor on the phone and they collect some of the data, they say, okay, this is kind of, we think you have this issue, you know, go to this doctor. Then they will collect, they will have a document of that for you ready and then give it to you. It's emailed you, to you. So it's emailed to you. It's and you take that you. document to, to the doctor and say, here, I talked to this doctor on the phone. He already, quote unquote, diagnosed or, or these if things. You, if you wish to take it. You may not wish okay. to take it too. It's your, your choice. But it's, right. it's in your account. Your account is secure. You open your account. Your document is, is there. You're welcome to print it, use it. It's your mm -hmm. record. You do what you want. Beyond that, we don't have control. So you can also go into a, the doctor's office with a little bit of knowledge in your brain already about what it could be, and you can map that against what exactly. the doctor tells you, right? Exactly. So you know makes exactly. a, makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. This has been the experience here, and what we're doing right now is creating, we're actually what we call making a market, mm -hmm. because we're opening a market that doesn't really exist here. Right. And how so do you do that? Education, networking, word of mouth, what right. we're doing right now. Yes. Very <laughs> <Okay>. good. <laughs> and sh showing. So with all this said, okay, this is an entrepreneur's life. This is a freelancer's life. This is anybody that wants to venture out on their own, like he's doing. He's doing what he loves now, too. He, by okay. the way, for the people that don't see, see us, is uh, our technician uh, and... Uh, helper and friend uh, Robert uh, he's helping us with recording the podcast uh, he cannot say anything right now but <laughs> he's sitting right next to us he's what he's waving at everybody he's waving so at everybody. all you people so that can hello <laughs> picture somebody waving yes exactly. please do okay picture somebody exactly. waving and, and having a, a friendly smile exactly yes so with that being said okay is again probably one of the oldest you're going to have on your show okay uh, and the wisest too been, no i wouldn't go there i've made a lot of mistakes and i'm going to make a lot more too i'm sure well that's okay. why that's why and, that, part of and it. but it, if you if you can learn from your mistakes that that's what counts i've learned from some of them and i haven't learned from some right all right and that's just going to be it telios is a great adventure for me and it's opened a lot of doors here such as being the ambassador for the heart kids at the medical school yeah okay that's one thing uh getting a chance to work with them with medhack and heart and uh, hive and all the other uh, events that we're doing being a part of the Cluj hub here which, mm -hmm. which has been it's great i met yeah. i met christy back in like 2012. She's also working on the medical staff, no. right? Christy, who owns the hub. Oh, that Christy. Okay, Christy, sorry. Who owns yes. the hub? No, I only I know his. I think it's not his full name, right? Christian. Des yes, Des I know. Des I only know that. Only Des know that Des name. Des okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, he 
you know, I, I've known him since he began this, and this has been the center yeah. of creativity in Cluj here. No, it's great. Yeah, right. I like being here and as well. And if, if I wouldn't have been here and you wouldn't have been here, we wouldn't have, have met. So it's an, opportunity. If it, it, it's an opportunity that's bringing a lot of people together under one roof that people are beginning to exchange ideas, thoughts, lifestyles, everything you make really good friends here yeah and the mentorship provided by those around us including you including mm. me mm. robert anybody the financial team next yeah. door here lavinia lavinia all all the group around here this is one of cluj's greatest assets that's true is here and there's a lot of people here like it's grown I, rem I remember when i first came to cluj was in 2017 and they just built this bigger space so and now everybody's sitting in this big space and you know talking to each other and exchanging ideas like you said and it's it's nice to be a part of it and that has helped you a lot with developing Tilios here it's helped it's helped me a lot because number one through christy Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm honest about this, and I'm forever grateful about this. Through Christy and Tudor, both, all right, I met Lucian, who is mm -hmm. our COO company and lead IT guy, all right. I met Claudine Pope, who was our financial advisor, mm -hmm. and we, we've all become good friends. And through this, I have met 90% of my team yeah. through here. Yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah, a lot of talented people here. And without the hub, we wouldn't be as far along as we are. Right. And without the help of the hub on, in opening doors mm -hmm. outside of Cluj also. What were right. some of the, the doors that have been opened to this? Or can you... A lot of the other hubs yeah. throughout Romania. A lot of connections to companies and IT companies. Um, for instance, ADS here, which, which is the IT cluster, everything. I met actually through the hub. Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everything. So, so no, again, 90% of the people that we've met that have made Telios successful up to this day, not counting tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? Because it's like any other star... Right. startup also we uh, just to diverge a little bit we may have experience mm -hmm. from the states and everything and we may have these years behind us and i am a relatively seasoned entrepreneur yeah. i'll say it's still romania we're still a startup yeah. we still lack investors we still lack resources that that in in the states or germany a lot of other places we would have that exactly, yeah. we don't here. So I've learned to bootstrap here very, very well. Okay? Wow, yeah. Even, even though I've done it in the past, here has been an extreme challenge to bootstrap business. I won't say it's my charm or charisma because it has nothing <laughs> to do with that at all. But I will say it's a belief in what we do here yeah. and that. So for all the other entrepreneurs... Or freelancers, no matter who, you have to believe in what you're doing. You have That's to believe true. that you're going to make an impact on people. You're going to have to believe that the greater good is going to become from the seeds that you plant now. That's what I like about the generation right now. Mm. The millennials... I don't know if you, know, you notice it. The millennials are a lot different than we were. I mean... 
I don't know if I'm a millennial. I guess I'm not, but yeah, I, I can already see a difference. I mean, I'm 30 now, so well, you're still you're still on the kind of you're on the cusp. Yeah. You're, you're you're yeah you're kind of in there. Yeah, then. Okay. I'm kind of in there. You're kind of in in there then. Okay, but I still know yeah. what a flip phone is. Maybe that's uh, that sets me apart. From okay, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that most likely does. Okay, <laughs> for sure, everything. But yeah. no, the millennials have have a totally different outlook as you do. Okay, yeah. when I was your age. We didn't have any of these. I would have never thought of doing anything like this. And I was considered ahead of my time a little bit, too, back then. Right. All right. But But, I would have never thought of all these things that are going. And millennials seem to be, no, not seem. I can tell you my, the the students, my students, I call them at heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to say Robert, Ruxi, Taya, Otilia, Indico, Niku, okay, I, I I can name a handful yeah. only because I've got like 32 of them, okay. <laughs> they, they blow me away with their talent and with what they're doing. With not only going to medical school, but getting other degrees at the same time. Wow. There's a few of them that are going to two schools. Doing two things at the same doing time. Doing two things yeah. at the same time. And that amazing. I have never seen this and, and, and I'm so grateful to be alive and seeing that during this time and that and to get invited to do different things like life four point zero. The what they're doing is the first innovative medical conference in Romania. We're here in Cluj. It's going to be the first in Romania. All right. And I've been invited to participate, which actually blows me away. So you will represent Telios there? Or no, you will... I'm, I'm, a me- I'm a mentor for the conference. Telios is a sponsor and a partner or whatever you want to call us. Everything the, uh, the conference is to educate people on innovation going throughout the world in medicine. So they have people coming from the Netherlands, from the UK, from the States. They have a lady doctor coming in from actually Cleveland, and she did the first facial transplant. She did the first ever? Ever. Really? Wow. And that's a conference that's open for everybody? Yes. And you can just go there and and see the kind of innovation around that? Yes. If you look up, uh, I believe it's www.life4.0.org, I believe is the website. Okay. You'll, okay. You'll find it. And by the way, I have to get a pitch in too. Of course. It's <laughs> our website is www.telios, T E L I O S dot ro, R O. All right. And um, if you want to educate yourself on what the future is going to be and what's becoming of it and all the changes and everything, take a look at it. Take a look at Life 4.0. Point zero. Uh, listen to this podcast if you want yes, to. Yes, very good. Af- Thank you, Philip. Af- afterwards, <laughs> Tim is did. Tim is doing a great job, and him and I are both wa- wondering what are we going to ask next. <laughs> yes, what's the next topic? You know, I think yeah, but <laughs> yeah. What, what are we going to talk about the next two hours? No, I think uh, I think we got everything in there, right? 
we wanted to talk about. Let me finish by by this because you're I know you're gearing this toward entrepreneurs right. and freelancers and everybody that doesn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. People that want to live their lives the way they want to live them. Last night's uh, startup grind was really cool. They had uh, Tom, I believe was his, his name, from New Zealand, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, young, very young guy. Okay. He, he had an interesting outtake. He doesn't have to say no if he doesn't want to. He doesn't have to say yes if he doesn't want to. He's living his own life under his own terms. We should all be blessed. We can't all do it. I understand. We can't all do it. But those of us that can are very, very blessed. So for everybody out there that says, I'm afraid to take the step, I'm afraid to do it, you're the only ones holding yourself back. Nobody else is. That's don't let, great advice. Don't, yeah. don't let your parents influence you as all parents do. You have to have a regular job. You have to be doing this. You have to be doing that. It's coming from you a good place. You don't have to be doing anything. Yeah. You have to do what makes you happy. Because if you don't do what's going to make you happy, you're going to go through the rest of your life wondering what if. Just like TEDx mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. this year what if mm-hmm. what if i didn't succeed and i try again what if i do succeed the next time what if i do hear no but no by the way if you're a good sales guy no eventually means yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah down the line okay. it's going to be a yes yeah down the line it's going to be a yes if you ask long enough that no yeah. is going to turn into a yes and also not be afraid to have you know a no thrown at you right everybody's going to have no's everybody's going to fail take those mm. failures as a stepping stone yeah don't take the failures as god now i got to go out and i got to get a regular job i got to quit i got to do that yeah you you may have to shore up in some different ways shape or form and everything but if you fail it's okay it's okay it's fine don't yeah. don't let a culture and i i don't want to point to anyone okay but don't let any culture say you're gonna fail it's gonna be it's you could you're, you're gonna look bad in front of your family and everything mm. and that we had who cares very nice care for yourself very good couldn't have said it in any better and i think we couldn't have done a better job at setting the tone for this podcast as well because this was just a great way how you put it not everything has been a success i can you know yeah. I, i've i've paint i've painted a picture yeah I did, I did cool things and everything and i have it's been a great life i wouldn't change it for any the only thing i would have changed is my wife getting sick and dying mm-hmm. okay if, yeah. if i could have changed that that's the one thing of course i would i would change the rest of it i wouldn't change for anything because i've learned i've lived i've lived a life that very few have had a chance to live Mm. in that but with that said i'm seeing more and more of that now though people are living the lives they want to lead you're doing what you want to do robert is doing what he wants to do and people are happier because of that and i think if people are happier society is going to move forward at a much more rapid pace than it has been and when people are happy they tend to help each other more also so it's a snowball effect 
good comes out of that. Exactly. No. Exactly. And nothing is going to go good all the time. Like yeah. I said, I painted a picture that everything was good. No. I had times, I still have times right now where I don't sleep at night. I don't mm. know if everybody, with Telios, we're trying. Is everything going to go well? I don't know because yeah. we're attacking something here that doesn't exist and people are reluctant and Romanians are, are very uh, skeptical about things yeah. as is anyhow. So we're, we're doing things. So do I go through sleepless nights now and everything? Absolutely, I do. Right? But you still so, challenge yourself. And, but and, I challenge, exactly. Yeah. So thanks, Tim, for Thank you, Philip. I mean, what a great ending to a, to a first episode. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for being honest about it, you know, sharing your experience and, and your view on, on entrepreneurship. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. And um, for every, everybody out there that wants to check out Telios, it's www telios t-e-l-i-o-s dot r-o so check it out and one more thing if i can add one thing yes i have to add one more yes, thing because i totally forgot i have to i i have to give thanks to also you but i have to also give thanks for our bucharest team okay that that is doing a superb job because Without them, we have Telios has just set up a new nonprofit. Also, mm. it's okay. called Telios Cares, and it will be having its first event for orphans in yeah. Bucharest, and that will be posted on our site. Okay, and okay. We, what this nonprofit is going going to be geared for is helping people that don't have convenient access for health care and giving them access via telemedicine absolutely free. Wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing, Philip. Thanks for your time. See you soon, and thanks for listening.